Hey guys, welcome to another edition of Flowing with Fina. I'm very excited to introduce today's guest. She's a very special guest. It's truly an honor to have her on my podcast. She is one of the only high-level sports executives to serve in management roles in the WNBA, NBA, and NBA G League. She's worked for the LA Clippers, Washington Mystics, Tulsa Shock, Phoenix Mercury, and Phoenix Suns. And now she is currently the president and COO of the LA Sparks. It's my pleasure to introduce Danita Johnson. Thank you. Yes. Again, um, I just want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for joining me on my podcast. It's again, it's you know, it's truly an honor to have you here. Happy to do it. Oh, awesome. You know, obviously with with everything going on at this time, you know, you guys were able, you guys were supposed to get ready for season. Um, you know, with this pandemic, things have changed. What does your day to day look like now? Yeah, for me, it's still preparing. You know. Obviously, like many companies, I feel like we're all in the similar situation for planning around many what-ifs mm-hmm. um, in different scenarios. Um, still trying to stay connected to our staff as we don't get to see each other every single day. Um, and continuing to move our business forward, just focusing on that, I think, is very important at this time. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you've been in the, the sports industry for more than 15 years. What drove you to want to work in sports, particularly basketball? Like, what attracted you to the game? Yeah, I think it's the power of sports, you know. Mm-hmm. A lot of people are missing sports right now, and sports has this essence of bringing people together. Um, it can inca- impact communities. It promotes change, um, advocates for diversity. So I think sports has a multiple front of not only does it provide great entertainment, but it also gets to impact uh, people. And I think those are some of the things that truly attracted me to the industry. Uh, when it comes to basketball, for me, I grew up playing basketball, mm-hmm. so uh, it was a sport that was avid in my home my brother played um when he was younger my dad was a big basketball fan I mean he was he's retired military I remember being on base and he would play in the military league so those are things that I grew up being around which really inspired me to connect to the sport and you know with sports management has this has this always been a passion of yours it has I mean I didn't really understand the degree piece of it when I went off to college. I didn't know about sports management programs. I learned about it when I was, like, reviewing actual universities. So I didn't know it was something you could actually get a degree in. Um, But now, you know, the programs are in many, many universities, and a lot of students are going after degrees in sports management and master's as well. So Mm -hmm. I think it's more prevalent now and and more known versus when I first started in the programming. Yeah. Uh, you know, with looking at your bio and seeing, you know, seeing that you were an intern in the G League, what were your responsibilities like? What, yeah, what did you have to do when you were an intern? I mean, for us at that time, it was around the start. The G League hadn't been around that long when mm-hmm. I was interning, so it was a bit of everything. You know, from community relations to learning ticket sales to learning game ops, it was just a great opportunity to get a grasp of what this business actually looked like. Um, and so, the internship was pivotal in my overall commitment to the sport and the business and you know starting off as an intern and now you know with where you're at now what were some challenges you had to overcome I think gaining confidence is a big piece Mm -hmm. um you know a lot of times especially from a sales aspect you're nervous you're scared I remember making my first phone call was just like please don't hang up on me please don't hang up on me You know, like, there's a lot of fear that comes along with something that's uncharted water, especially at a young age. And so just building confidence win by win. And what I mean by that is every time I stepped up to a challenge and was able to succeed, or maybe if I didn't succeed the first time and I went back and was able to do it again, 
um, those things help build me um, throughout this process. Mm -hmm. And, you know, speaking of sales, like how was your experience working in ticket sales? Yeah, I truly enjoyed the experience. Some days are always harder than others, you know, Mm -hmm. just having it where maybe you're not closing business and then you celebrate your wins. I mean, that's the challenge of sales, but you got to be able to fight through it. Um, And for me, the sales aspect taught me about how to listen to people, how to talk to people, how to really help bring to light what I was trying to explain. And so now as I think about it where I go out and speak or when I'm talking to my staff, I think it's those foundational things that I learned on the phone that I apply in my everyday life, um, both at work and at home, just how to communicate and how to, you know, really tell a story. Mm -hmm. You know, in those times where you weren't able to make that sell or, um, you know, someone shot you down, like, how did you, what did you, what was your thoughts? You know, how did you keep moving, you know, and like, like build yourself back up? Yeah, I mean, sometimes it would hurt, you know? Yeah. It may take you a couple of days to recover from that big no, you know, mm-hmm. and it's like you mentally get out of it, but you also have to know that there's going to be somebody else that says yes. So I think it's really just saying, all right, I'm going to take a moment. Um, sometimes it may, st- like, I have some lost sales that still bug me to this day to be like, man, I could not close this deal. Yeah. Um, but I think, you know, you understand that that's part of the process, but it doesn't mean that's the only part. So I think it's really just saying, all right, what could I do better? Sometimes it just does not work. Mm-hmm. And then there's other times where it's like, maybe if I would have done this a little bit differently or approached this or asked this question earlier, I could identify the fact that this sale wasn't going to work. Yeah. So really being able to look for those things early on versus going so far down the path and then you get this no where early in the conversation, the client may have kind of let you know that, um, but but you weren't at that point where you were listening or, or took that in or went deeper in the conversation. Definitely. You know, now being the, you know, the president and COO of the LA Sparks, what would you say your overall goal is for the team and the organization? I think for us, it's about continuing to move the game forward, both on and off the court. Mm -hmm. Um, Sports creates this unique euphoria and like these moments, these aha moments, the aha moments and the beauty of sport. And I want to keep helping people experience that at the same time of being able to make an impact and change for young boys and young girls um, mm-hmm. all throughout. And, you know, earlier, because you were with the LA, you were with the Sparks from 2014 to 2017, and, you know, you helped launch the We Are Women campaign. Are you able to, uh, you know, tell, tell me more about that? Yeah, I mean, it was really about how do we continue to elevate the voices of women and girls in our community when we started mm-hmm. that program? How do we show the difference of, like, when women invest in, like, the economic power of, finance, like, finance with women? And so it was continued programming throughout the year. Um, it helped lead to a sellout game that we had done, that we worked on, uh, selling out all of Staples Center. But I think it was really, for me, the community initiatives, bringing women together, finding ways that we could not only just network, but actually make changes together. What are your thoughts on, like, how do we get more people to support the women's game? I think it's continued exposure. Mm-hmm. Um, people have to be exposed to things. Like, you know, there's a lot of things where we're often overexposed, right? It's in our face every single day of yeah. certain things in life. But I think continued exposure, um, our media outlets are huge in that. Um, so continued media exposure, continued partnerships that we both can leverage actual visibility of the partner and of, uh, of our team and our players. Um, those things are going to be critical to the success because once people see it, like they're replaying some of our games today on ESPN2. Mm-hmm. And so I think 
giving people the opportunity to see and take in our product um, on their own and let them actually start to develop their own individual individual thought process and you know connectivity to us is going to be important versus one that's fed to them. Got it. Yeah. Uh, you know, are, do you have any favorite moments with the Sparks? Uh, lots of them. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I think I mean, you have like your big moments. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of my favorites is just like, I, I like being around our team and our staff, like just fun, random things in the office, funny moments, you know, like those celebratory things I think are great from a large scale. Obviously we won a championship in 2016, which was huge for us. Um, this past year we won franchise of the year uh, for 2019. So there's some moments there of just showing like all the little moments of greatness, how they can lead to like a bigger visibility of success. Yeah. Um, so lots of great moments there. What would you say you like most about what you do? I think for me, I like the challenge of every day knowing that I get up and we get to work in an industry and especially in women's sports where we're helping to move something forward for generations to come. Mm-hmm. Like it's gratifying knowing that every day that um, there's either a young girl or a young boy that's going to be impacted like 10 more years from now. So the work is not done in vain. It's done knowing that there's going to be continuous change and will always feed back into the ecosystem of our world. Mm-hmm. And, you know, being like a president and CEO of, you know, a, an organization, people think that, oh, you know, it's, it's so glamorous, like, wow, having that title, you know, and I know there are some things that are tough. There are some things that, you know, you, you probably don't like, would you like, do, would you say that you have, you know, that, that there are things that you don't like or that are tough for you being in this position? I would say, I mean, I don't think it's like, don't like it, yeah. but it's hard is continuing. Some days are just harder than others of like when you're fighting for and pushing something for that isn't quite yet widely accepted or widely viewed as the value in what you know it is. Mm-hmm. And so at times, you know, sometimes you just, you got to take those days and, and fight through it and know that you're doing the right thing um, and knowing that you believe in it, even when other people may not see it. Yeah. And, you know, what are your, what, how do you define a, what a good leader is? You know, I think good leaders are ones that, continue to connect with people. I think it's the people piece yeah. for me. Like leadership is about how you actually work with people and trying to help. And every day you got to work at it. Like every day it's like you have to do things to get better as a leader and working with people. Because when you talk about leaders, they're usually leading people in some capacity. Um, I think there's one segment of leadership of that where it comes from the people side. Mm-hmm. I think there's this other piece that is about being a visionary. And it's not necessarily leadership. People within an organization can be visionary. It doesn't necessarily just have to be a leader. Um, but I do think those that lead need to have some sense of vision um, because when you have a vision, it helps to, for the people piece, it helps to balance for them so that they know there's a vision um, that's helping to move things forward so that your people are working for something for the greater good. Definitely. No, that, that yeah, that, that was a great answer. You know, being where you're at now, has this been an ultimate goal for you or was it just, just something that fell into that, that fell into you? Yeah, I don't call it an ultimate goal. I call it a goal. Um, okay. And I say that because I feel like there's so much life to be lived, even though life can be short, that mm-hmm. there's going to be other things to accomplish and, and to build upon. 
but absolutely was this a goal of mine. I would say yes, it was to have the opportunity to, you know, be at this stage to really help move this forward. I think it, I mean, a huge, huge goal of mine um, and years of work to do it and still working at it every day to get better. Yeah. And you know, what, like what advice do you have for young women that, that want to be where you're at right now? Yeah. I, you probably hear people say it all the time, you have to put the work in, understand that yeah. it does not come easy. Um, I think, you know, really studying your craft is a huge piece. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you're reading, watching people, learning from others around you, um, you have to study your craft and create a path along the way, treat people really well, because you never know when they'll be right back in front of you again. Yeah. Um, because the lasting impression and how you make people feel is so, so important. Um, and then the last piece I would say is that, you know, if this is the path that you want to take, take this path for you. So don't be distracted by outside noise. Stay focused. Yeah. You know, have you, were there time, were like, were there any times in your life where, you know, where people will try to get in your head or, or tell you that, you know, you're not able to do it. Did you have, did you have any of those moments? Yeah, I would say there's moments where, you know, how people, you could feel the doubt that people have of being like, I don't know if you could really do that or, you know what I mean? And I think one of the things that we have to do as people is not live to prove people wrong. Mm -hmm. We have to live in a space where we do what's best for us and what makes us feel good. Because the moment that we start doing our work to prove people wrong, Mm -hmm. I think that the work loses its essence. No, that's, yeah, no, that's it. It loses its special thing because in the end, all right, let's say you did it. And this person still looks at you like, you know what? I don't really care that you did it. Mm-hmm. You know, and you felt like you did all this to prove them wrong, and they had already moved on. So you have to stay focused and do things for yourself in that capacity. Yeah, no, that's that's really true. Um, you know, so as we just get towards the end of the podcast, I just have these rapid fire these rapid fire questions, and you know, you just you just answer okay. away. Uh, describe yourself in three words. <laughs> uh. I would probably say I'm focused. Um, I consider myself to be funny. I think think I'm funny. Um, (laughs) I think I am. Oh, this is hard. Um, It's okay. Wait, I'll give you one more. I'll give you one more. I said focused, funny. I think I'm passionate. Yeah, okay. And, you know, definitely during this time of quarantine, what are you currently binge watching? Uh, been watching Little Fires everywhere, even though every episode frustrates me. And I recently watched all the Star Wars movies because I had never watched them before, and I figured I had the time. Wow. <laughs> Star- okay, Star Wars. Okay. Okay. Uh, do you yeah, have- I never watched them before, but I, I now I understand why people like them. Got it. Yeah, I've, them. I've never watched it. them either. Okay. You know. All right. Yeah. Do you have um? Do you have a favorite artist? Oh, that's a good question. Um, favorite artist? I would probably say I love Lauren Hill. With her, oh. I still listen to that album back and forth to this day. Yeah, like that's... I probably listen to it at least once a week. Yeah, that's yeah, she's awesome. Uh, what do you like to do? Yeah. For, what do you like to do for fun? 
cook. Um, oh, okay. I love hanging out with my friends, but cooking's like my thing. Oh, okay. Do you have like a, this is totally off. Yeah. Do you have like um, a favorite dish? you have a dish that you like to cook? I, I, I'm like an explorer in the kitchen, so I like to try all kinds of new stuff. Okay. Like I just like to look up recipes. I'm a Pinterest person, so I like to go on Pinterest, find a recipe, and make it. Okay. No, Pinterest Pinterest is the place to go. I, I love Pinterest. Um, all right. I bake good cookies. I'm sorry? I bake good cookies. Ooh. Chocolate chip cookies. Okay. Chocolate chip. Yeah. Okay. Alrighty, last one. Um, besides the Sparks, who is your favorite sports team? I grew up on the, on the Bulls. Oh, Hands the down. Bulls. Chicago oh. Bulls. Again, thank you so much, Danita, for being here on my podcast and um, just really just, yeah, just talking about your experience and, you know, you're, you are inspirational and I hope and, you know, I hope I get to where you're at one day. Um, yeah. And I, and I truly admire you. You can do it. Thank you so much yes. for having me. Of course. You're, you're so welcome. Take care. All right. Have a great day. Thank you. You too. Bye.